A very good evening, and uh, this is indeed my station, your station, ZFM Stereo. Quite an informative uh, session we had there with uh, Martha Mamombe on mining. I certainly learned a lot, and uh, like Martha, maybe it's something I, I should really look into. Our time at exactly 26 uh, minutes uh, to 9, and it being a Thursday, it's time for us to talk about health issues. This is Health Matters with me, Patience Musa. And today we're going to be talking about uh, comprehensive sexuality education for adolescents and young people. And uh, joining me for today's conversation is Alpha Guatizo, uh, who happens to be an SAT youth hapster. Um, Alpha, um, a very good evening to you and welcome. Good evening. How are you doing? I am good. And uh, also on the line joining us is an SATSRHR youth officer, Vimbaiika. Uh, Vimbai, welcome. Thank you so much, patience, and good evening to all the listeners. Now, um, what is comprehensive uh, sexuality education? I beg your pardon. You didn't direct the question to anyone. Can I? Can I take? You, you, you may. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, okay, fine. Um, uh, allow me to, to break it down as much as I can for, for easy interpretation for everyone else because you, you can find out that uh, in my experience in working with in communities, you get to find out that when you're in communities and you're trying to explain what comprehensive sexual education is, people get hyped up. Like the moment you mention sex, it, it, it sounds like in the one of the sons, the bubbling stuff like that. You get what I mean? I do, I do. Okay, fine. But uh, basically, it, when we are talking about comprehensive sexual education, um, in my experience, I, I never thought I'd be talking about these things, but I'm a survivor of sexual violence myself, uh, much of which happened in my childhood. And when we are talking about these programs, they have made a tremendous difference in the life of young person. Because when we are talking about comprehensive sex education, we are talking about empowering people to make informed decisions about their bodies and their choices, which collectively result in lower rates of unplanned pregnancies, lower rates of sexually transmitted infections, delays in sexual depth as well, uh, and increase in protective behaviors, including condom use, Contrast safety news and resource identification. Thank you very much, uh, Alpha, uh, for that. Uh, by the way, if you do have any questions at all, send them through to our WhatsApp 0731168045. Now, now that you've broken down uh, the term comprehensive sexuality education, why do you think that it's important uh, for young people to have access to it? Okay. Um let me start by saying comprehensive sex education can reduce sexual abuse. Um, actually, uh, school-based education that promotes refusal uh, skills, like, uh, okay, let, let me put it like this. Um, when people are informed about what sex education is, like its components uh, totally break down, and we are talking about uh, body autonomy, uh, 
concerned um, use of contraceptives and stuff like that, people can make informed decisions in general. That's why I believe it's very important. All right. It's all about making positive decisions. Okay. Now, you spoke earlier on about your own uh, personal um, uh, uh, sexual experience. Um, How would um, CSC have um, empowered you? Okay. I would have informed my parents immediately the moment that I read that if someone was invading, like, was touching me in the wrong places. Okay. It, it, it all goes back to the lack of information. Sometimes you do not realize that things like these are not supposed to happen to you as a minor. And you probably think, you know, we, we I, I, hope, I hope you don't make it a stereotype, but we are males. We get excited by things. It's younger age. You feel like uh, we are privileged to be experiencing those things, not realizing that we are actually being exposed to a type of abuse that can affect us somewhere in the line as we are growing up. And um, in, in what format should um, CSE be delivered? Uh, taking consideration that we are mainly looking at adolescents young adults, uh, you must understand that we young people are not a homogeneous group. We are different. So uh, basically, I, I would like to think that we should talk of CSE mainstreaming where we are, we are saying that we, we can put it in social media, we can put it in, in the school curriculum, uh, we can also, in what you're doing right now, each, being on radio stations, on TV stations, if we can hear films, and also, you know, young people are colorful people, they like, if we can have like brochures and flyers that are very colorful for young people. And it should also be friendly for people living with disabilities because they, they form part of the uh, group young people and adolescents. So it can actually take many forms as much as it can to make sure that information goes out, make sure that every young person is well equipped with this information. It reaches everyone, everywhere, even people in the hard to reach area. So it should not only be limited to the format which is only accessible to those who can access the information. But to those who are even in areas where information can, we can feel like it's not easy to reach. Very true. Thank you very much for that, Alpha. Now, I'm going to go back again on your experience. How old were you uh, when, when these things happened to you? I was seven. You were seven. So looking at it that you were seven years old, uh, who do you think would have been the right person uh, to have been the one uh, to, to, give, to educate you? Okay, uh, you must understand that at seven years old, I was, I was already in kindergarten, uh, what do you call it, crash. I was already going to crash. And um, in, in our African countries, you really need to consideration that the days when I was still in crash, uh, it was regarded as a taboo to talk about things, especially that age. If you mention even the word sex, it was supposed to mean massacre, not anything else. So, why talk on Oxerovia West? Do you know what sex is? So, so, I believe that if there were jingles that they've been taught, like they're doing nowadays, going where kids can, can hear these jingles where they are dancing along to you know stuff like that and if it happens to you you know that you've been violated you can easily tell the next person who's adult 
And uh, so how do we ensure uh, that um, CASE reaches as many adolescents and young people as possible? Okay, making a mistake about it, we should have what I'd like to call age-appropriate comprehensive sexual education. And uh, by that, I mean that depending on the age uh, group that we are dealing with, we, we, we can tone it down for each to to fit that age group. Okay, so what you're saying is, Kuti, uh, this is a conversation uh, that... Um, uh, parents or guardians should be able to have with children, no matter what age. Vanongo appropriate for that age. Exactly. So, how early should these um, should this education start? As early as we have cases where we have uh, kids being abused. Okay. If we can have a seven-year-old being abused, and then it can only be found, it can only be identified two, three years later or three months. That means we should tackle that mm-hmm. But then you also find that uh, we've read so many of these disgusting uh, news stories, disturbing news stories, uh, where um, a two-month-old baby is abused, is raped. So, so therefore, the education should start earlier on, even as a child <laughs> starts to understand. I mean, I know you cannot communicate with a two-month-year-old, no, but no, the no, moment no. a child starts to understand we should start to communicate with them and teach them. Uh, yeah, as soon as they start to understand. Because uh, is, isn't, seven, is, isn't seven a little too too late? Because they're seven years old. Uh, maybe if I could come in on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard a saying that says sexuality begins uh, at birth. You know, um, and also we have policies around child protection. Because we know that children do not have that capacity to actually, you know, stand up for themselves. Uh, you know, should there be a potential violation? So it's very important that, you know, we look at, we look into those policies and we see if they are deterrent enough to protect children from sexual violation. And then we also make sure that the penalties are stiff enough so that, you know, potential perpetrators do not actually, you know, um, violate young children. Because, honestly, children do not have the capacity to say, like you, like you gave an example of a two-year-old or a seven-year-old, we have, the, we have that responsibility as the community to protect them. Okay. And um, I'm glad that you're, you're moving this towards the law. And what are you guys doing as far as, of course, we can look at the perpetrator, but then we're also, there are also other people around that also play a part in this. And Vaeva uh, Nunyarara, who sweep it underneath the, the, the rug and they don't want to talk about it because maybe this person is looking after the family, for whatever reasons that we may have. Um, are you also looking into that? They may not be the direct abuser, but they are playing a part in keeping it uh, quiet and making it worse. And maybe, you know, this child continues uh, to be abused. Thank you so much for that question. So I think um, it's our responsibility as communities, once again, to protect our children and to protect everyone from being violated. And, you know, generally there's a, there's a culture of silence around issues to do with uh, sexual and gender-based violence. So, 
you know, that is why as an organization, we are working with young people so that we conscientize them around their rights. We are also working with uh, local structures within communities, like uh, religious and traditional leaders, uh, just so that we raise awareness around these issues that are happening within their communities. And we work together to try and break the silence, first of all, you know, uh, to, to, to cultivate a, a culture of actually speaking out against violations, against, you know, child abuse, against, you know, sexual and gender-based violence. So it's a process because, you know, uh, the silence also has been something that has built up for many years to say as communities we believe anything sexual should not be spoken about publicly but at the same time if it's a public health issue like it is right now we definitely need to get to a point where we have a dialogue and we map out a way forward so that's what we're doing as an organization as Cat Zimbabwe bringing together different stakeholders and you know having the conversation breaking the silence around comprehensive sexuality education around gender-based violence. Now, um, I know, uh, uh, Mbai, you also just mentioned the issue of um, us coming from, um, a cult- I mean, living within uh, culture and tradition, religion. Uh, that doesn't allow us to speak openly uh, about sex. Now, some people would have uh, have to say uh, that uh, we, are, we, are, we are trying or you're trying uh, to change culture and tradition. And they may be fighting this. Um, how do you navigate around? that so much uh, because it is such a thin line isn't it it is and it's uh, I'd like to admit that it's a hot potato uh, you know within communities just getting there and saying we want to educate young people about comprehensive sexuality education but again let me allude to the fact that it's a process and you know Rome wasn't built in one day uh, we take it one step at a time in educating communities to say if a young person has got access to information about puberty, for example, you know, about uh, STIs, about HIV, you know, it places them at a better position to actually make informed choices about their sexuality, about their body, about their reproductive health. And that somehow leads to, you know, um, according to research, a reduced sexual debut um, and also risky sexual behavior, which I think is an outcome that we, we, we actually desire to have as a community. Young people who are healthy, young people who stay in school and who do not drop out because, you know, they've fallen pregnant or because, you know, um, because they've had health complications or because they've had an unsafe abortion, which are things that are really happening within our communities. This is the reality and we need to face it and we need to look at it with, uh, you know, with, um, with, uh, and, and just accept that it's what's happening. And then we move and we take an approach that is comprehensive in trying to address that. 
Well, if you're just tuning in, this is my station, your station, ZFM Stereo. Ten minutes to nine is our time on uh, this day, the 14th of April. And this is Health Matters with me, Patience Musa. And um, with me, Vimbai Nika uh, from uh, Set Zimbabwe. And she's SRA, HRA Youth Officer, as well as Alpha Guatizo, also from Set Zimbabwe, uh, Youth Hubster. Now, tell us more about Set Zimbabwe. What exactly is your organization about? Thank you so much, uh, Patience. So, SAT Zimbabwe, uh, an abbreviation for SRA HRA Africa Trust, which is also an abbreviation for Sexual and Reproductive Health Rights Africa Trust. We are a regional organization uh, present in Zimbabwe, Malawi, Botswana, Zambia, and we have a regional office in South Africa, and we work with young people to advocate for access to sexual and reproductive health rights. That is uh, youth-friendly, that is affordable, that is accessible, and that is available. So we are a youth-centered organization, and we basically teach young people about their health, about their well-being, about their sexuality. We we make use of our platform called the Youth Hub to recruit young people to become, you know, peer educators within their communities. So we capacitate these young people. And then we have a trickle-down effect whereby they go back to their community and then they further teach their peers and then their communities, you know, within schools and so forth. Uh, I think in short, that's what uh, we do as an organization. And we are based in Belgravia here in Zimbabwe um, on number 13 Gati Avenue, just next to Malawi Embassy. And then we also have social media presence on our Facebook page, YouthWise Zimbabwe, and then on Twitter at SRA Africa Trust. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, that was very comprehensive. And you know, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go back on that word there. Um, now, uh, firstly, uh, yeah, we'll get back to that. But firstly, looking at your organisation and the work that you do, there are probably um, guardians listening, parents uh, listening, as well as school heads, teachers listening, and they feel like maybe they would want your organisation uh, to come through and talk to some youngsters at the school. Um, is that something? that you're open to as an organization? Absolutely. Absolutely, patients. Uh, we've actually been rolling out our outreach program where we work with institutions, um, you know, in providing access to SRA, HRA education as well as services. So we are very uh, interested in, you know, working with, uh, you know, institutions and individuals who feel the passion to also, you know, uh, spread the word around SRA-HRA within their communities. So again, I'll just uh, point out to our our Facebook page, YouthWise Zimbabwe. You can find our number there. And we are very active on our Twitter as well. Um, yes, that's where you can get hold of us. And then we can see how best we can uh, come up with programs that... Uh, can also improve access to CSE and SRAHR for young people. Now, um, Alpha, earlier on you gave us, um, you explained exactly what comprehensive sexuality education is. But that word comprehensive, a lot of guardians and a lot of parents. Comprehensive sexuality education, how comprehensive? Is this comprehensive? You 
know exactly what I'm talking about. Shinega kuvundutsa so ngaonaita kuti please explain. Okay, 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 fine. Uh, now that you mentioned it, and the way you say it, probably would sensitive to tell my spine, but it's all right. Um, but, but when we're talking about comprehensive sexual education, okay, let, let me give you an example. It's like um, when you show those videos, people who are suffering from STI, and people actually have a, a, a visual of it. That's more like comprehensive, the comprehensive part of it. People get to really see what's going on. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. And when we are talking about um, consent, people get to be told about their body and body anatomy. And they, you know, there's a lot that is going on. Young people are engaged as much as we would like. We would not want to acknowledge it, but we, we have cases that are happening where we have. Living year olds calling in prostitutes when we have dating year olds being killed because they couldn't afford to pay prostitutes and stuff like that. This is just an indication that if we are hard to get to the root of the problem, we need to be comprehensive enough to these young people so that um, uh, they, are, they are taught uh, appropriate lessons about body awareness, relationship skills, communication skills, negotiation skills to prevent issues like Tilting, for example, with young people, we have given someone consent, but then somewhere along the X, they, they change uh, the agreed um, situation or circumstance that the, the relations were supposed to be held under. So, yeah, basically, that's what I believe. And uh, uh, what challenges have you been facing an organize, as an organization in, uh, you know, teaching? Okay, uh, I'll speak from the youth hub perspective. Like, I'm part of that campaign that Madam Mimbai was talking about that gets to go into uh, the community uh, um, and tertiary institutions. One of the main problems that I've noticed is, is that people who don't want to go for the easy thing. For example, if you go out distributing honors, people start saying, uh, can we have morning after pills? You see, but then we, and there's also the the thing about language. That's one of the other things, and there's also ignorance as well. We go to communities and we pitch our tents and stuff, and then we have we are saying these services that we're providing are free, and people are not just coming to assist them for free. They rather go to the hospital where they have to train lines and stuff like that. But then in instances where the, we are there, we are going to provide the service to them. A lot of people are not really coming to assist these services. Those are some of the problems that we face. And there's also um, the problem of timing, if I can say. Uh, where we, we are not getting as much people as we need due to people having other commitments as well. So, so people are not prioritizing. Yeah, that's one of the things that happened. Like, I feel like young people are kind of like distracted in a way. But with all the various platforms out there, uh, do you think that um, there's less information, or it's an issue of too much information? I wouldn't say there's less information, but there's too much information. It's about access to this information. And and 
the knowledge that you should know these things. Uh, the problem is that we have a situation where people don't know, but they don't know that they don't know. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you. So, yeah, maybe if I could just um, add one or two things there. Please do. You know, uh, growing up, we we do not talk about sexual matters within our family or, you know, um, within our communities. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, there's, there's an organization coming through and trying... You know, you, you we just have to admit that, you know, our communities that we visit, they also go through maybe a shock to say, oh, this is something that can be spoken about publicly. So eventually, from experience as an organization, people start warming up if we make these conversations and dialogues frequent. And we approach them from a very, um, you know, human rights and you know, context-specific point of view because communities differ, they're diverse. Um, what young people, how un- how young people understand issues around CSE in uh, in Harare might be different from how young people in Bindura comprehend those issues. So our approach as well as an organization is to understand the needs of that particular community so that when we go with our CSE, when we go with our SRA education, it's packaged in a way that is acceptable to that community and in a way that is also, you know, context-specific, context-based, so that, you know, we don't scare off people, we don't scare off communities, because it's a pink elephant in the room, issues around sexuality, especially for young people. Because the general um, view is that young people are not doing it, but if you look at the statistics of unplanned pregnancies, teenage pregnancies, HIV prevalence amongst young people, the HIV prevalence rate as well, uh, they testify that young people are indulging. And CSE is not saying is not saying we are encouraging young people to indulge, but we're saying if the young person chooses to indulge, if they choose you know to be sexually active, they should have all the necessary information so that they can make an informed decision and they know where to get particular services that they need for them to stay in school, for them to stay healthy. Well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, that there is uh, uh, Mbai Nika, uh, who's from uh, Zimbabwe, and she's the SRHR Youth Officer. Big thank you also uh, to um, Zim Youth Hubster, Alpha Guatizo. Thank you so much for uh, this session. Thank you. thank you for having us. And of course, we have to say thank you very much uh, uh, to our partners at Zimbabwe. And that's all for uh, this week's Health Matters. Uh, but before you go, Vimbai, anything you want to add? Um, I just want to say, please visit our social media uh, page on Facebook, YouthWise Zimbabwe, and also our Twitter at SRA Africa Trust. You will definitely get information and updates around HRI education and some of the activities that will be rolling out on a on a frequent basis. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, Alpha, any uh, last words? Oh yeah, sure. The message here is clear. Comprehensive sex education reduces rates of teen pregnancy, sexually transmitted infections and sexual violence 
uh, especially in coupled with affordable and accessible contraceptives, affordable and accessible reproductive health care, and well-resourced community services. Everyone's issue has taken this matter, and it's well past time to stop allowing religious influence, propaganda, and societal stigma to inform how we disseminate rights, how and factual information to minors regarding sex and human sexuality. Thank you very much, Alpha. My station, your station, ZFM Stereo. That's all for this week's edition of Help Matters with me, Patience Musa. Uh, please drive cautiously, take care of yourselves, take care of your body, your mind, your soul, as well as your heart. Uh, the holiday is ours, so let's claim it, take it, own it, and rock it. Until next week, stay safe. This is Health Matters with Patience. Your choice, your life. Your life.